So with this time of quarantine, my wife and I, Kenzie, started to think about things that we could be doing. And we just thought about um, what better time than now to do some spring cleaning. Um, it's actually spring and we, uh, we need to uh, do some work around the house. So yesterday and the day before, we uh, first of all, we bought some new furniture, of course. Um, and we bought a new vacuum because that's obviously needed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we uh, took out some of our um, old furniture. We uh, took out some old clothes. And during that time, my wife is just like singing. She's loving it. She's enjoying herself. And I'm like, what? what's making you so happy about this? She goes, oh my gosh, I just, I feel cleaner. I feel lighter. I feel just amazing. And I was, I was asking more questions and she just kept saying, saying the, this phrase, like, we're just getting rid of this junk, getting rid of this junk, get rid of that junk. And so that's what we kept saying, kept joking about it, um, saying, oh, getting rid of this junk as I'm throwing out like a, a 10 year old t-shirt that I still have for some reason. Um, but this time of spring cleaning was, was so nice and it was, Afterwards, I just remember my wife saying like, I feel so light after this. I feel new, I feel fresh. I feel like we're in a new apartment. And some of you feel that way. I'm like, you know what, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, we can just keep living our lives how we've been doing it. But until we started like really, really cleaning and like really finding the things that were just like, Ugh. Right, that those that time that you like lift up the couch and you see your dog's hair building up and you see a twelve-year-old Cheeto, you don't know how it got there, but it's been there and you're so ashamed that you've let it be there for that long. And sometimes you know you you're cleaning out stuff and you find stuff there. You're like, oh, that's where I've been looking for this. I've been looking for you know this dog toy that I've been wanting to give to my dog. Or you find an old book, or you find uh, a pair of shoes or a shirt that you've been looking for for this entire time. What if I told you this? What if I told you that you could do this for your own life? You know, sometimes we can just go through life just getting stuff done. We can go through life just worrying about the next thing and accomplishing uh, the next task and the check check mark uh, off our list of things to do. And I think we forget to stop. Stop, take a step back, and take a really good hard look. Just like we're doing for spring cleaning, right? What needs to be done? What really needs to be cleaned? What needs to be tossed to the side? What junk do we need to get rid of, right? And if we take a step back and really look into the core and the, and the system and the makeup of who we are, man, I think we would have some ugh, moments, right? If we really take a, a, a fine look at who we are and how we react and, and the person that we've become, I think all of us would find something that would make us cringe a little bit, that would make us not happy about who we are. And I think the scary thing is this, 
is that we're more likely to toss an old t-shirt than uh, look at an issue that has been building up over years and years and years. I know for me, like during the spring cleaning time, I was like, man, things aren't really that, like it's, it's fine, it's, it's good. Um, our apartment's nice, we have a place to sleep, we actually you know, keep things decently clean around here. And then, after you're done doing the cleaning, you're like, I didn't realize it was that bad, right? Remember the 12 year old Cheeto? Like, oh, I cannot believe it was really that bad. And that's what happens when we take a hard look at ourselves. When we take a good, hard look at us, we see things and then we realize, I did not realize things were that bad. And here's what I wanna share with you today. What if there was a solution? What if there was a spring cleaning for your life? What if we could take this junk and toss it out? What if we could take the, the stuff that has been building up and, and the things that you don't really like and we can toss it out? What if we could do that? Today, I wanna share with you that solution. I wanna share with you um, this guy named Jesus. I wanna share with you uh, the solution to the junk in our lives. My goal by the end of this video is this. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're a non-believer that just somehow scrolled upon this video, I have a couple goals for us in mind. Here's, here's a few of those goals. Number one is this. I want us to look at Jesus as the solution. Having this absolute desperation for Jesus, knowing that he is the only one that can do the spring cleaning. I want us to have a desperation for Jesus by the end of this. Here's another goal of mine for, for the end of this video. I want us, especially if you have been uh, searching for, for meaning, you've been looking all over and you just, you, you can't find any other solution. You, you, you've heard about Jesus, but you wanna take a deeper dive. Here's my goal for you. I want Jesus to be the person that meets you where you are at. And I say I want Jesus to meet you where you're at because I know he will. It's just whether we let him or not. Because no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, Jesus will meet us. And we'll get into that in a little bit. The other thing is this. I want you to know that Jesus hates, absolutely hates that junk that has been building up, that what we call sin in our lives, he hates it. He hates it because he knows it's separating you from him. And so I want you to know that he is not mad at you, but he it just hates the junk that is inside us. And the last thing is this, this is my last goal for, for by the end of this video. I want you to know that you don't have to let the sin in your life dictate who you are anymore the pileup of, of that old stuff, it doesn't have to dictate your life anymore. It doesn't have to 
weigh as much as it did before. In fact, we can actually toss it out to the trash. That there is a solution to this. So would you pray with me during this time, um, asking God to make sure that those things are clear to us, that the goals that we've set out before uh, this video, before this this message of God's word, that, uh, that he would be um, the solution in your life, that he would let his words speak through this video, not through my words or my, you know, cunning or my, you know, tricks or whatever it is, but that it is God's word sharing to you and changing your heart. So would you pray with me? God, we love you so much. I ask right now that you would give me the words to say that you would um, use this video in amazing ways. God, I truly believe that whoever is watching this video is somebody that you love so much. God, and I pray that um, some, some wounds are healed, um, that you would be the one that is healing us. God, that we would allow you to do some spring cleaning in our life. God, we love you. We praise you. We love to in your glorious name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are uh, showing this video on a very, very special Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is, is the lead up into Easter. And, um, you know, I, I've actually really never done a, a deep dive into Palm Sunday. And so this was an interesting time for me um, as well. And, and I really feel the impact. And so, you know, you might hear that throughout this video. And, and I'm going to be, I want to be as real and honest with all of you as possible because Christ has done an amazing work um, in me uh, through this story and just even through my journey uh, with Jesus. So if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible app, if you um, have a computer around, you can go to Matthew 21 and that's where we're gonna we're gonna camp out there um, during the duration of this video. And uh, this story is amazing. It is one of the more iconic stories of Jesus. Uh, and in fact, it was um, it was told to us before J Jesus was even, um, you know, here on earth. Um, in, in the book of Zechariah 9-9, uh, nine, nine, actually, it, it, there was a prophecy of Jesus or the Messiah coming into Jerusalem um, on, on a, a donkey or a colt. Um, and it has already been determined that this is going to happen. So this is just, it's just mind-blowing when you read uh, and see the whole picture of the Bible. Um, you see this story of, of us falling, of people falling, having the junk in our lives needing spring cleaning, right? And then you see these guys, the, the prophets, sharing this of this uh, time, of this person, of the Savior, of the Messiah, and uh, this is just one of those uh, prophesying moments. I guess that's how you say it. Um, and it is just so exciting to see it play out. Um, and so I'm gonna go ahead and read it. If you wanna go ahead and follow, it'll be on the screen or you can follow in a Bible. Matthew 21, one through 11. 
Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to uh, Bethage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you. I am Im and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill that what was spoken by the prophet saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted a donkey on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of them, the crowds, spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. So Jesus is making an entrance, right? There's no bigger entrance that you can make, right? Um, he's coming into a place actually that he is really uh, at, in danger of, of being. He shouldn't be in Jerusalem. He's kind of made a ruckus. People are not thrilled um, that he is saying that he is the son of God. And uh, Jesus, he doesn't care. He doesn't care because he knows the will of God and he is following after what God has called him to do. And so this is such an interesting um, story. Again, like like I said before, we, we see a little bit of the text there um, in, in Zechariah uh, 9, 9. You see, sage of the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt the full of a beast and burden. The, like I said, the entire story of humanity has been building up to this point. This is the climax of the story. Spoilers, this is the part where Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. This is the beginning of the end of Jesus' time here on earth. And so what is so interesting about this story what is so amazing about this? Well, what we see is this. We see people who we don't, we don't know their names. We don't know their background. We kind of know that they might have not been the richest or, you know, the most well and down or whatever. They, you know, maybe they don't have the best of luck. But these people, this crowd is around this man screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna. What does that mean? You know, some of us who've grown up in the church or maybe you're, again, you're checking in this video and you're like, what the heck is Hosanna? Um, Hosanna is, was originally uh, this, this word that means um, 
save me, save me. Like, like I need your help. Save, we pray is actually the, the, the translation. Save, we pray. We pray that you will save me. And so it started off in this, this kind of desperate, um, like, I need you. I'm drowning. Please help me. I, save me. I pray that you'd save me. But it, now it's this shout of praise. Like, these people are thrilled. They're celebrating Jesus coming into town. That And, and it's crazy because when you look at the culture of, uh, of Jewish, you know, Jewish culture, like, they knew this text. They knew that... Um, that prophesying of, of the Messiah coming into town. And so they knew, they've been anticipating, they've been waiting. They they have had this, the junk, the, the sin impact their life. And so they have just been desperately waiting and waiting. And finally, the prophecy is being fulfilled as Jesus is walking into town. And they're seeing the man that is going to save them, the Messiah, Hosanna, Hosanna. Save, we pray, save, we pray. He's here. And so in this moment, I see three things. I see three things that I think you and I need to adopt, that we need to take on as we see Jesus, when we, when we read the Bible, when we hear messages, you know, when we think about Jesus, what, what do we need to have? What kind of attitudes do we need to have? So here are the three things, um, and obviously there's more, but here are the three things I see in this text. Number one, realization. Realization that this man is the Messiah. He is not like other people. That he is greater. That he is so amazing. That he is God. That we need to realize that he is the one that is going to save us. That he is going to break the chains of sin. Next is this. Number two, we need to praise. We need to praise God with all that we have. The book of Romans in uh, chapter 12 says that uh, perfect worship is being a living sacrifice, using your life to glorify God, being a living sacrifice. You know, I think of this and I'm like, man, I wish I had this attitude of, of these people screaming, Hosanna, save, we pray, save, we pray on a daily basis. Because that is what God deserves. That's what Jesus deserves. He is saving us. He didn't need to, but he loves us so much that he is going into a dangerous place, that he is going to face um, this trial, this beating, this, and he don't, he knows it. And he's going into it and he's still following and he didn't have to. And so we need to have this, this recognition of him and who he is, but we need to praise him. We need to, not just during Palm Sunday, not just during Easter, not just during Christmas, but 365 days of the year, every hour, every second, Hosanna, Hosanna, save we pray, praise you God. The third thing is this. This is the key right here. This is the key and I, and I really think that if you're watching this video, that you need to hear this, that you need to be desperate. You need to have a desperation for Jesus. We need to be desperate because all of us, 
we can't fix the things in our lives that we want to fix. We cannot do the spring cleaning. We can't. We, we're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not skilled enough. We're not patient enough. We don't have the ability to do it. And so we are desperate. Reminds me of a time um, when I was younger. I think it was around middle school. Um, I would go to this football camp every single summer. My uncle was the coach there. It was a top uh, high school football program. And I loved going to this football camp. It was the best. It was the best week. Um, I went multiple weeks out of the summer. And it was just the best. The players came with us and they uh, coached us. They were um, giving us drills, tips, and all this stuff. And it was amazing. And I loved it. But I remember one year in specific. I remember the year that I almost lost my life. Uh, that year, I... Um, I was a young kid and I was running around like a like a young boy would do playing football and uh, I started having an asthma attack and my asthma during that time was pretty pretty bad to the point where I had to hold my inhaler like on my hip basically all, everywhere I went and I started having probably one of the worst asthma attacks I've ever had in my entire life like almost passing out um, trying to breathe and I couldn't. I was trying to suck in air into my lungs that would keep me alive, but for some reason I had this constriction around my chest, around my lungs, that just didn't allow air to get into my lungs properly. And oh, by the way, I don't know where my inhaler is. As a typical young uh, middle school boy, um, I'd lost it, didn't know where it was. It was somewhere on the field. I was desperate. I could have lost my life. And I had nowhere in the vicinity to um, get air into my lungs. I had no, no tools, no way of, of being saved. And then luckily, luckily, a uh, high school football player ended up going to Division I, um, started sprinting with my inhaler towards me saying, I got it, I got it, I got it took that puff into my lungs and I was okay. I was safe. I was okay. I was desperate. I did not have the strength. I could not get up and go look for my inhaler myself. I was freaking out. I was a young kid. I had no clue where it was. I wasn't smart enough to go and say, yeah, it's down by the bleachers, nor could I even speak. I was desperate and luckily somebody came in and saved me. I was, I was desperate. And what's cool about this moment was, um, you know, this guy, even though he was a great football player, um, he wasn't my favorite guy before then. Uh, there was one guy that everybody was crowding around, wanted his autograph and he was this stud on the football team. Well, this guy became my favorite. He became like, the superstar of my life. I just couldn't stop saying, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I had this appreciation, this recognition, this praise and desperation. And that's us. That's us. This, this sin that has tainted this world, that has polluted our air, 
has done awful things to us and there's nothing we can do about it. We continue to try just like I did, just like I tried to take a deep breath and fill my air, my, my lungs with air, but we can't because everything is polluted. Everything around us is, is tainted and there's nothing we can do to fix it. And so we are desperate for somebody to clean the air, right? To bring us our inhaler, to give us that puff, that so that we can live, that we can breathe, that we don't have to feel like something is constricting us from breathing, that we can live a life that, that we are designed to. Because I think we all understand that what's going on here in this world and our lives, it's not how it's supposed to be. And we're trying and we're trying to figure out what it can be, what it looks like, how we can fix it, but in reality, we can't. And so we need somebody to come in and clean house. And so that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does when he comes into Jerusalem. So in the second part of this story in Matthew, um, I like to call it the throwdown in the temple, right? It sounds like a WWE match, right? Throwdown in the temple. Uh, and Matthew, um, in the rest of that verse and starting in verse 12 and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons he said to them it is written my father's house shall be called a house of prayer but you make it a den of robbers and the, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and, and saw him heal them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indigenous. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Like I mentioned before, Jesus is infuriated with sin. Now, this is not a text for us to take and be like, I can just go and flip tables when I'm mad. No. No, no, no. This, this story, this scene right here is symbolic of what Jesus will do in our lives. When we allow Jesus to enter into our lives, he's going to flip some tables. He's going to clean house. See, Jesus hates sin. Jesus hates the thing that is separating from him, from you and I. Because he loves us so much. He wants to be in relationship with you and me. And he wants nothing more than to eliminate the sin that is in our lives. And so he needs to do some spring cleaning. He needs to come in and flip some tables. Throw away the junk. Get rid of the scars and the, and the, the worry and the anxiety that has been destroying our lives for so long. The sin that is in us. Only Jesus 
can throw out. See, it's just amazing that there is not anything that Jesus hates more than being separated from us. I mean, how does that, how does it feel knowing that Jesus will do anything, that he will go into danger, he will go into a dangerous territory, he will suffer a beating, he will do all these things that, man, I wish everybody would do for me, that I, I so desperately want somebody to sacrifice for me so that my life can be the way that it's supposed to. Man, for me, that just makes me, makes me emotional, makes me feel amazing. And to see that Jesus would do that for someone like me is just incredible. The scene in the temple, like I said, is, is so symbolic of what Jesus is doing in our lives. And here's what it does. Here's what happens when Jesus enters the temple of our lives, if you will. He prevents things from being kicked under the rug. How many people, again, just saw the temple, this place that is supposed to be holy, this beautiful, wonderful place, of, and the house of prayer, see it slowly turned into a mall, a market, being used and, and, and people being you know, scammed and, and a place being used for uh, selfish gain. Can you imagine just being there and seeing it uh, pile up, pile up, and over time it ended up being this beast? See, what Jesus does is when he comes into our lives, he doesn't let anything go underneath the rug. He doesn't let us just go like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that later. Or he doesn't let us just push things under the rug and not ever deal with them. Jesus is going to come in, he's going to come in, and he is going to flip the rug and he's going to say look at this i'm gonna get rid of this you don't need this anymore you don't need that 12 year old cheeto that's underneath the, the couch you don't need that t-shirt that you've been hanging on to since high school you don't need that anxiety that uh has been crippling you since college because you're so worried about success you don't need to hang on to that mistake that you made in high school that has identified you to this day. You don't need to let what that person did to you harm you anymore. See, this is not easy stuff. This is not fun stuff. I get that. I, I realize that. Uh, trust me, I've gone through this. I've legit felt physical pain when I when I know Jesus is cleaning house in my life. It is spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and, and actually physically painful at some points. It is not a fun deal. See, when Jesus comes into our lives, he eliminates those things that weight, those worries, but it's not easy, but it's painful. It's so uh, comforting sometimes to just keep things normal, right? We wanna hang on to those things because we're so scared of what's gonna happen when we let go of them. Or we know the process that it's, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, um, it's gonna be painful, it's gonna hurt. So we just don't wanna deal with it, right? Here's the beautiful thing about when Jesus cleans house that he is comforting you every second of the way. That he is there with you. That he is loving you through 
this. And in fact, even better, he is getting us through to the other side and he is reminding us of what the other side looks like. Let's look back at the end of this story. What happens here is in verse 14 is what you and I, I think, are looking for. I think you and I are are striving for this in our lives. Verse 14 is something that I hope you can allow Jesus to do for you. Verse 14 says this, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. He healed them. See, Jesus can heal you. In fact, he's the only thing that can heal you. You know, going back on this whole sports time with with sports and football and stuff like that, you know, I hated, hated, hated running, as you could tell with having asthma and, you know, just being a normal human being. Um, I hated, I hated running. But I knew, I knew what those sprints, those hill climbs, those, you know, those drills that they were doing something to me. They were uh, eliminating the the weakness, if you will, the the um, excuses, and they were making me healthier. They were allowing me to do what what I was put on the team to do, right? Gave it helped me have meaning on the team. It eliminated some of the things that I don't need in my life, and it was building up those things that uh, that my team needed. And that's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is not this this um, buzzkill that is trying to eliminate your fun. Jesus is not trying to have you uh, come around these ideas that he thinks are best. That he's not trying to uh, have you take on this ideology, vote for a certain person. He's not trying to get personal gain out of this. He's trying to help you heal He wants you to be healed from sin. He doesn't want to see sin impact your life any longer. And I want us to make sure that we're taking this seriously. See, what I see, what I've seen, and what I can only imagine that the people in that temple um, reacted are when, when Jesus comes in, and tries to clean house, I see a few negative reactions. I see people who get angry, who are furious that um, that somebody's interrupting their lives, that you are that that person's being selfish. Why are you doing this to me? You know, you just want to make me um, like you or whatever. You know, these these phrases that come out, this anger that comes out. When in reality, Jesus is trying to do this wonderful, loving thing for you. The other thing I, I see a lot of is apathy. I see a lot of people being like, what's this guy's deal? Why is he flipping tables? Or, 
yeah, that's like important stuff, you know, pastor, whoever, or the, you know, I read the Bible and say, it's, it's good stuff. You know, it's good moral, moral ideas, but it's not, it's not really that big of a deal. And, and so we don't take it that seriously. The last thing I see is, is spitefulness. Like I see people who, and, and I fall in this category of when authority tells you to do something that you do the opposite because you don't like being told what to do. You, just like me, want control of your life. You don't want somebody coming in and interrupting your life. You want to live your life. You want to be the boss of your life. You want to be able to do the things that you want to do. And these are dangerous, dangerous things and reactions and attitudes to have towards Jesus. Because like we see is there is no healing. If we have these attitudes, there is no healing. But if we have this idea and this mentality and this this posture of of desperation and praise and recognition we can be like the lame and the blind and you and I can be healed we can be healed the stuff that has been weighing us down that has been keeping us from living a life that we we feel that we should be living we can be healed of all of these things we can have Jesus come in and clean house. See, I want to end with this. There is this, um, there's this, uh, this pottery technique that a good friend of mine was sharing with me recently, and I think it just fits perfectly into what we're talking about right now. It's an old Japanese uh, pottery technique, um, trying to fix. Uh, uh, pots and, and things like that that have been broken, shattered, or even taking old broken pieces and uh, creating new art or putting it together. And it's called, I, I couldn't pronounce the, the actual Japanese phrase, but I found the translation. It is called golden joinery. And it is a technique of using old uh, pot pottery pieces and putting them together to create beautiful art. See, not only is Jesus cleaning house and he's taking those things that we look at and go, oh, toss out that junk. He is saying to you and I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get rid of this. But guess what? I'm also going to use these broken pieces in your life to make something beautiful, to give you meaning, to give you purpose, to heal you see you and i we're broken pieces we have so many broken and shattered things in our lives i know for me i have let anxiety i have let um worries of not being good enough being a burden and being a person that um is just a loner and and, and feeling like they have the world against them I have had those things in my life taken and reshaped. I've had Jesus come into my life and through a painful process, clean house. And I wouldn't be here today without Jesus cleaning house. And I would not have seen some of the healing in my life 
if it weren't for Jesus cleaning house. And I still have a long way to go. I want that for you. I want you to experience this healing. Jesus is the only thing that can do that. And so I hope right now that you would take time, take a step back, see the the junk that's in your life. Look at it, don't turn away, Don't, don't just shove it under the rug and ask and pray for Jesus to come in and clean house because he loves you, he wants you, and he wants you to be healed. I hope you have a wonderful Palm Sunday. I love you all. Take it easy. Have a great day.